0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, GearHeads.
3: Appreciate you tuning into Speed City today. This is John Massingill sitting in the studio with Les Kaiser. We got Jonathan Green calling in in just a moment, and we watched the Brazilian Grand Prix, and it was, uh, you know what? We're here in Austin, and the race at COTA. I was thinking may have been the best race of the year, but this, this one, including the after party. Uh, maybe have been the best race of the year. What
4: a what a don't we have a boxing bell we can bring out? Yeah, so just
3: just uh, looked I, up on social media and saw uh, Max Verstappen shoving
4: Esteban Ocon. Yeah, we heard some of the commentary around it. Uh, we got that going out on Twitter, but oh my gosh, that that harkens back to uh, not only NASCAR but Formula One world. James Hunt did that back in the late seventies. Not to a fellow competitor, but a corner marshal in Canada <laughs> decked the guy, laid him out, and then realized what he just did. So, uh, hey, I don't think we've heard the end of that. There you go, <laughs> in this corner. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we've heard the end of that. I don't think FIA is going to look kindly upon that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're right, you're right. But I, I like to see some Entertain- person, personality and formal. Hey, Jonathan Green, what do you think, buddy? Uh, did did you see any of the shoving going on in on this Social corner?
0: Media? <laughs> In the blue corner from France, weighing in at 120 pounds, Bocon, the Bocon. <laughs> uh, it's NASCAR we'll style on, today. <laughs> yeah. Huh?
2: They
4: wanted some American swagger and personality. There you go.
0: <laughs> I, I I have to say, um, I, I heard Otmar, obviously, on the radio, and I love him, but I don't agree. Yeah. Um I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, the marshals are there doing that. I mean, it goes back to, to what, uh, exactly what uh, Les was saying about the blue flags. They were being waved, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that that was, there was no doubt that that should not have happened. And you know, he, it, was, it was not like he was fighting for, you know, he was going to get passed. But even if you take all that out, it was a bad move. It shouldn't have happened.
0: Nope, and I think Verstappen feels rightly robbed. Um, I don't think he needed to go and shove him, but uh, yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he doesn't, That's and he probably will, like Les said, he'll probably pay a price for that. But how about this race, John? That is assault. Yeah.
0: Oh, awesome. I mean, a lot in it. Um, I do think, I've I got a theory, and we saw it at the beginning of Cota. I think I think uh, in the latter part of the season, Mercedes are struggling with their tire management. Yeah. Compared yeah. to Ferrari and Red Bull.
3: Yeah, it's true. They definitely had to deal with that. They were having to do a lot of strategic thinking there to, keep, to maintain position with the tire situation.
0: I mean, they were gifted that you know race win, but I think, I, to be honest, I think Verstappen would have held him off because I don't think uh, you heard Hamilton on on the radio saying, you know, what do I have to do? And he he he, he they couldn't really work out what to do until Ocon stepped in.
3: Hmm. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you heard the guys talking, but you know, the conspiracies talking about. Ocon being connected to Mercedes, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that. But, but uh, no, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, it was a good race up and down, man. You know, you heard. Uh, I mean, we saw it right from the beginning when Max started passing. What he passed both Ferraris and Bottas. Uh, he was on a tear for sure today.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and Vettel again, not really that impressive, to be fair.
3: You know, it's true. It's I've been saying it. I've been saying it for a lot of the season. It just doesn't feel like Vettel is the Vettel of old. I I feel like it's just a confidence thing. I mean, it, it, he's definitely got the fast a fast car, if not the fastest car, at points in the season. And look at uh look at qualifying. His car was just as fast as as Hamilton's. So, I just think it's a confidence thing. I think that Sebastian Vettel has has been shaken and rattled just a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think he needs to go home and think about it. Take some time off.
3: Well, man, it was a great race. It was action all the way up and down, back and forth. The Haas team finished eighth and ninth, and I think that'll give them about a six-point bump. They needed to finish about fifth and sixth today to really make a, a run at, at uh, Renault, but they had a good race today.
0: Yeah, good results. Um, I mean, you know, I, I was hoping more, as you heard, from on the staff, on, uh, excuse me, on uh, Roma. Um, but, uh, you know, still, like you say, points to points. Well, a big celebration on the
3: screens right now for Mercedes. They're celebrating their fifth championship, and the champagne is flowing.
4: And what about? And what about uh, Jonathan? Get down from the tower.
3: <laughs> I, heard, I think Jonathan is near the track. But the uh, but what about Hamilton? Fifty wins in ninety nine races in the turbo hybrid era. Man, that is huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it, uh, it's, it's a total domination, uh, and it remains to be seen whether they can keep it up in the next era, if you will, it, 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 with the rule changes and so on. Um, I, I, I'm not going to predict too heavily, but I do hope that the combination of Adrian Newey and Honda finally t- coming good is good enough to make Red Bull, because there's no question their drivers are capable um, and will be uh, next year with Verstappen for sure. And we'll see, but um, I, I do think that Red Bull could be a real factor against both Ferrari and Mercedes more so than they've been in, in the past.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think that's very true. And yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with the new rules as the as the changes happen. You know, they had a big meeting this weekend with the drivers and the teams. All the team principals they had it then but it was not just team principals drivers too when they, when they were with liberty talking about what to expect what they what the drivers want what the teams want and so there's probably going to be I, I don't know if anything will come of that but there's definitely a lot of changes coming and i think this will affect I, I mean all the way up and down but i think it'll definitely affect the chances of mercedes winning six in a row gosh that's crazy jonathan when's the last time you remember dominance like this from a constructor
0: to be honest, probably Williams in the early '90s, uh, Williams Renault.
3: Yeah, I think that I think I heard uh, wow, and,
0: and obviously Mercedes- Ferrari, Ferrari. With, with Michael Schumacher. Yeah,
3: yeah, well, for sure, William I mean, this is uh, this is a, this is an incredibly dominant period for Mercedes and. And really, yeah, even with some rule changes, uh, in fact, I don't really expect dramatic changes until 2021 when the big rule changes. I mean, we could easily see Mercedes win two more.
0: Yeah, and the way they're doing it and the the amount of funding and et cetera, the drivers they've got, the combination of Botas accepting his position and Hamilton leading the team, I think, you know, they've got all all the ducks in a row, as it were.
3: Well, going back to the beginning of the race, we talked about Max Verstappen passing everybody, but Vettel, again, made a mistake. Remember, it was going into turn one, when he locks up and allow Botas to pass, again, more errors like from that from Vettel.
0: Yeah, he's not himself at the moment. I, he's not 100%. I mean, Raikkonen, you know, at the beginning of the season, couldn't couldn't get a podium to save his life. And now Raikkonen's scoring regularly and now winning at Coda. And, you know, I, just Vettel just doesn't seem like, like the, 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 the championship contender he was six or seven races ago, does he?
4: Yeah, it's true. I agree. I agree, and I'm curious if it's gonna if anything's gonna change over the winter. Right now, I feel like uh, to, you know, he's just trying to finish this season. You know, it was pretty That's much all wrapped like, yeah. up, and he's just like, just just get me out of here. I'm done. Check out. Go hang out on the you know who knows Caribbean wherever <laughs> he wants to go, and then uh, Alonso. Talk about checking out. <laughs> Does the guy even race anymore? And then to get wow. handed a five second penalty for blue flag. Now, here's that blue flag topic again for less. <laughs>
3: yeah. So did you hear what Fernando said? He said no more radio for the rest of the race. I mean, that wasn't like five laps to go. That was like fifteen, yeah. twenty laps to yeah, go. It was done. He is checked out and uh, checked out for the season and checked out for the race for sure.
4: Ordering um, his pizza already. Yes, sir. Uh, what about uh okay seriously uh Jonathan I, I keep I'm I'm shocked by how far max went sorry to go back to this but do you recall any physical confrontation between F1 drivers like I said the 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 Can- Canadian one was between hunt and a corner marshal which was actually worse but do you recall any physical confrontations f1
0: Shut Senna and Irvine had a had a, uh, uh, a confrontation. Funnily enough, at the Japanese Grand Prix, um, back in um, Eddie Irvine's early days, and Senna, uh, yeah, there was a bit of pushing and shoving and swearing at each other. Because uh, Irvine, funnily enough, it was a similar situation in that uh, Irvine overtook. Senna to unlap himself. So there you go. There, <laughs> there is precedent. Um, and, uh, and Eddie Irvine was a young guy like Ocon trying to make his way. And he just saw an opportunity to re-overtake Senna. And Senna was furious. Um, and yeah, so the you know it's happened before.
3: I'm reading a quote from Verstappen. He says, you get taken out like that. I have no words. He says, I think the car worked brilliantly today. The team gave me a great strat- strategy, but we should have won today. And yeah, I think that's... That's a given they should have won today and yeah there'll be some repercussions from all that but uh but yeah I think Max Verstappen has every right
4: to be to be upset yeah okay so you're right Jonathan that was uh January of, or that was uh, Japan 93 when they did that look at boom th- boom you're <laughs> right you're right I'm well, I'm purposely scanning for some penalties and uh at this point I see nothing in assessing any penalties at that time. Wait, there it is. Senna was eventually handed a a suspended two-race ban by FIA. Ah. Two races. So, uh, Max is going home early. You still got it, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, that... You know, I hadn't realized. I'd forgotten. I mean, I knew it was like '93, but I had no idea uh, that he's was it. A, was it a ban that was implicated? You know, was it uh, Undertaken or was it just um, suspended? You know, was was the suspension taken?
4: Uh, let's see, would we remain uh, that discussion would remain the hot topic conversation for weeks until Senna was eventually handed a suspended two race ban by FIA, and that's on ArrentonCenaCenaDeSilva dot com. Huh.
3: All right guys, well let's take a quick break. That.
4: We got it we got a caller on the line. If you
3: want to call, join the show five one two six four three live five one two six four three five four eight three. But let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear from Michael from California. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after a really quick break.
5: beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery.
0: MV Agusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Agusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Agusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675, and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4, MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome, and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Break Lane, just east of I 35.
2: Lone Star Rallycross, a family-friendly, time-trial, loose-surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rallycross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak hill climb winner Brianne Corn and her brother Kevin Corn. Race the same car you drive to work on Monday, just 20 minutes from Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rallycross facility, online at LoneStarRallycross.com.
5: Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: This is Willie T. Ribbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio Speed City. All right, while well, back at the
3: show, if you want to call and join the conversation, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Let's go out to Michael in California. Michael, thanks for calling in. Did you watch the race today?
1: Uh, you know what? I've been in the garage working on my go-kart, uh, and I'm going to watch the race later on, but I just really enjoy the turning uh, it on the radio. Oh, uh, wait
4: a minute, Michael. we got to interject here. Uh, what cart uh, you have?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got a 125 shifter
4: cart. Oh, cool. Cart. Tony cart. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to uh, compliment your show first of, first off that uh, uh, it really is enjoyable to talk about Formula One after a race. And uh, and you guys did a really good job at the Coda. Oh, uh, oh, well Thanks, Michael. Was, yeah, there was one uh, conflict that I remember. And if you go to YouTube, it's pretty good. It's uh, between PK and uh, uh, there was a guy who raced indie cars after Formula One's um Anyway, see, uh, P.K. went and did a big uh, karate kick at him, and I think it was at Hockenheim. uh, And, oh, Salazar, that's who it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, The uh, the race sounded really good, and... I wanted to compliment, uh, comment on one thing is that I think that the teams next year is going to be much more diverse in wins. Uh, I say that because I think that Raikkonen really wants to finish up his career on a, on top of that podium, uh, at the place that he started out at. And I think that with, uh, Ricardo going to Renault. I think he has something to prove as well.
3: You know what? I think uh, I think you're right. I think we've been talking about the Renault team maybe being one of the ones to watch. Jonathan's been saying that, and and I hope you're right for sure because that would spice it up a little bit to to get some some uh, other names on that podium and uh, winning some races for sure. It'd be awesome to have that, and I, and that's yeah, it would be great to see Reichen and win with a new team, and no
4: doubt back where he started. Look at that, Michael. Totally. You're right on it. 1982 German Grand Prix. PK and Salazar shunt so uh, we'll have to check into that so there is some some of that out there this will be really interesting uh you know it's just some shoving but it, it's still one of those things i mean i you know we're used to helmets being thrown in in uh, nascar and okay. meet between the runners <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: And, you know, I mean, you can you can let, blow off some steam. Uh, it's probably better to do that than to ball it up. I know that Villeneuve in his last race at San Marino was upset with uh, Peroni, and it carried on into the next the next race, and he kind of saw the red mist. And, you know, we all know what happened at the end of that, that race at Zolder. But uh, uh, with that, um uh, on a separate subject, I just wanted to say thanks for uh, tickets. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't go to the uh, Grand Prix. I won them on the 30th of September uh, from from you guys. Oh, okay, and, uh, okay. I don't know if you. Uh, my wife had cancer had had testing for cancer, and that's why I couldn't go. But uh, uh, I just want to let you know I, I sent them back, and I really appreciate the offer.
3: Oh um, well, I'm sorry to hear that about your wife. And uh, best wishes there, buddy. Yeah, best wishes. Yeah,
1: she she got tested. And I don't want to take up any more time, but uh, she got tested, and she's just doing. Fine now, so
4: fantastic. Uh, but, uh, maybe next year we'll go. Oh, there you go. You, All right. Yeah, and and let us know. Get get back in touch with us, Michael.
3: Yeah, come on down to, to, to Dakota. You know they got carting out at
4: Coda now, so you can come out. Oh, and, and, okay. Kart. Uh, uh, <laughs> here we go, Michael. It's a challenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm kind of a rookie at 125, but so so I think
4: we're even. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you've been doing touch and go. Is that it?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually started out with a Yamaha, uh, and the I 80s. stepped up to this plate. So.
4: Oh, fine. Hey, we've got a couple of tracks down here to uh, test your metal on.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks. Oh, th- th- Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling in, Michael. And best of luck to you and your wife. All right. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Yeah, I hope he is right. I hope he's right about some different teams. We were just saying the opposite, but I think that it's very possible that it could be, you know, and, uh, and I think particularly with Renault, you throw uh, Ricardo in a Reno, and if they make a little progress, then that could easily happen. You've been saying that all year, Jonathan. Hey, Mr. Green, we <laughs> we can we can hear you driving,
4: maybe. Uh, well, he's not making that ramble noises we'll, anymore. We'll, we'll catch back <laughs> up with Jonathan here in a minute. Obviously. Hey, so you know, here's here's one thing. Talking about the changes coming up and what the new year could bring, uh, Red Bull has been excellent at grasping when there are significant changes to the cars, especially aerodynamics. So I'm thinking Adrian Newey is going to be right there when the tires, when the wing changes when the side pod changes, all come into play at once. I think Adrian he's going to be the ace in the hand that will get Red Bull back up there and definitely contribute to them be a strong player again.
3: Yeah, I could see that for sure.
4: And I'm just hoping Honda has something to <laughs> contribute.
3: Yeah. I was just reading the stat. It said Lewis Hamilton has never won a race in the same season after clinching a title. Now, I was thinking back, and I couldn't remember one, but then they. it's just a tweet from uh, F1, but... I couldn't remember one, but that is confirmation of that. Um, hey, we, uh, we're we definitely going to talk about the rest of this race, but later on in the show, we are going to talk about the big news about about uh, McLaren and Fernando Alonso going to IndyCar because that is it's a little different scenario than last year because this year the, the team's going to be made up a little different. And so that's going to be an interesting topic. We're going to get Jonathan back on the line because I know he's been looking into that and talking to some folks about that. But the rest of this race, man, unless it was great from start to finish, it wasn't, you know, there, you know, Formula One can get, it's just going to happen. When you get to the highest level of technology, there's going to be some boring races, but this was a great race all over the place.
4: You bet. Uh, there was so much going on. Uh, you know, the, uh, the thing that was going on that I kept watching was Ricardo, right? You know, throw in the jaws music. Here he comes. Nah. And I loved seeing him just inch his way towards the front, seeing the tire battles that were going on there as well. So, uh, that is definitely one that I, that was just the highlight. I wish he, I wish there were two more laps. Mm-hmm. I think he would have made it to the podium.
3: Well, two more laps, and you might have seen Max Verstappen catch. And you know, we we didn't talk about this, but Verstappen after he got hit by Ocon, he was driving with a damaged car. There was some pretty significant damage to the floor of that car.
4: You're right; the floor was damaged, and uh, we saw it a little bit on the right hand side of that. Should be interesting because. You know, that could have caused all kinds of issues at speed. That's what I was just about to say. There's a couple of things. Number one, you think of immediately aerodynamics, right, which in Formula One are so
3: important. But what about the rigidity? You know, we always talk about in street cars the rigidity and the, and the, uh, oh, yeah. the strength of the frame of a car or the unibody of a car. But, you know, the floor provides that.
4: Absolutely. And once that's compromised, you know, there's going to be a lot more flex. We won't have the stability to keep it up and also leaving the curves when you pull out of the turn there's so much of a twist before it flattens out uh, meaning that they can get on the accelerator earlier if it's stable if it's not they have to wait longer to get out of the curve and get pulled away yeah
3: yeah and that was obviously that's a big deal for stappen to be able to uh, to be able to do that to come back and get within we're just watching some of the replays. Oh, there's the one where he, man, there's parts flying everywhere that we're watching replay when Ocon hit, hit uh, Verstappen there. And let's watch this again. Let's see if we agree. Oh, there's no doubt, guys. I, I don't think there's any, there's no way that's a racing incident.
4: That's, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a racing incident because they weren't on the same lap and, uh, or, okay, they were arguing for it. Uh, there's got to be something at fault there. I'm going to agree that it was uh, Ocon because this guy's one lap ahead of you. I mean, you're teetering on that being lapped or not I understand you don't want to be lapped but if you wind up getting lapped by the absolute fastest guy who you have no other competition with him yeah there's no other battle going with him I mean it's like you're not in constructor championship the championship points are over with you've got everything left to lose in the last race and a half you know, to do that. And so that's where uh, Ocon, I believe, was at fault. He might have been anxious to be able to sit there and show his capability against Max, but that was a costly...
3: Yeah. But don't you think at some point it's just, you will say you can read the, the exact letter of the law in the rule books, but at some point common sense has got to come into this and go he's he's fighting for the for the win of this race and you're not going to even affect the, the that part of the race at all what are you doing trying to fight that close that uh, it, to me it just made no sense from that standpoint
4: also along those lines i'm going to say he could have let him go and tucked in behind him and made up gap to sure. the next car up Yep, that uh, that to me would have been a better move. You know, hindsight's twenty to twenty, and Used his three, DRS and three and shoves everything. later, maybe he learns. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, speaking of those shoves, it I don't I don't think he was like trying to pick a fight, you know, but could have been. It almost just if had like, responded,
4: he's going to do something hey, else next. <laughs> it is true, but it. So yeah, so hey, we got we got Jonathan back on the line, uh, calling in from Bermuda Triangle.
3: <laughs> you you have been cursed today with your phone connections. Uh, We were were just talking about uh, the shoves again and everything, but um, what about this race, man, of start to finish? We had good action all the way through. What do you think, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, I do want to make one comment about Verstappen. Um, You know, what comes around goes around, boys. It's true in life as in motor racing. And and frankly, Verstappen's attitude to the rest of the field has always been, I'm going to shove my nose up there, and if you don't like it, get out of my way. And that's great because, funnily enough, Senna that was his approach too. And a lot of these guys are saying, no, not not on my watch because I got nothing to lose. And I think that's where Ocon was with this. He had better tires, sure. He was being overtaken by the leader, but I think that Verstappen's, you know, creates his own his own, you know, rather you know, he creates his own problems. And I think there's a lot of guys on the on the grid that feel that he's just too aggressive. When overtaking and and just presumes that people will get out of the way. Now, like I said, I don't agree with Otmeyer that he shouldn't have been penalized and it wasn't it was a, it was a, a mistake. But the you know, kinda of goes out looking for trouble like that because of the, some of the aggressive moves he makes.
3: You know, that's a good point. It it was I'm not gonna change my position at all that it shouldn't he shouldn't have you know shouldn't have shoved. Shouldn't have done it. Well no, I mean he shouldn't oh, have okay. made the move. Ocon made the wrong move. But but, uh, you know, Verstappen has gone out and created this environment around, around him and his car that he's aggressive. And so people are going, you know what? You know, if you're going to do that, I'm going to
4: do that. That's true. Met somebody just like him today in that turn. And so, you know, that I could totally see that coming out that way. If it starts happening more often, maybe Max will back off. What do you think, Jonathan.
0: I, I think that's part of this. Yeah. I think, you know, he still is maturing. He's getting better. Uh, Martin Brundle said, you know, he's making fewer mistakes, but you know, you put yourself in a position. I mean, you know, you go side by side with somebody at turn one at Brazil. Um, you know, the odds are, the odds are slim, you know, and there is in, when you are side by side, the next is the right hander. So if you've got better tires and you can accelerate, which is what Ocon was trying to do, um, uh, he could maybe have challenged, um, So, you know,
4: you've got to look at it two ways. Well, and I totally agree. Trying to be in Ocon's position, like I said, better tires, it's feeling good. How many times is he going to have the opportunity to race side by side with Max and show what he can do against Max? And, you know, what if he had battled and he stayed ahead of Max and they came out cleanly? This would really be a stripe on Ocon's shoulder to show that he's battled.
0: Yep, I couldn't agree more. And like I said, I, I, I've got a feeling that uh, the paddock's fed up with Verstappen's aggression.
3: Yep, I think that's a very strong possibility, and maybe that's exactly what happened today. I hadn't thought about that, Jonathan. Good thought. Hey, what about our friend Brendan Hartley? Uh, finishing 11th today, uh, you know, he's been—we've <laughs> been saying it, we feel like it, and I think it's true, is that he's been driving for his job. Do uh, you, uh, you think he's going to be able to keep his job, Jonathan?
0: No, unfortunately, I don't. Uh, I've got a feeling that the the writing's on the wall. Um, I think that, uh, sadly, Hartley, unless he gets that Williams drive, which would be surprising because I think Kubica is going to get that. Um, But, uh, no, I think it's uh, either back to, I'd like to see Hartley alongside, now how about this for a prediction, alongside in a Kiwi-run McLaren, Kiwi being where McLaren came and started from, at the Indy 500.
4: Well, I know uh, in in one of our conversations with him, he does love being stateside. So I could totally see that uh, being something that would entice him. He loves, you know, being around America and playing around. We've, you know, he, he loves coming to Austin. Uh, I I won't say that's impossible at all. I'd love to see that, John. That'd be great.
0: Don't forget he signed a contract with Dale Coyne and before he got the drive at uh, uh, Poor Rosso would had to pull out of it.
4: That's true.
3: That's true. All right, guys. Well, we need to take another quick break. And uh, Jonathan, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the McLaren venture over to IndyCar, into into the Indy 500. And uh, also, we're going to talk about Jonathan headed to Macau, because there's some interesting stories going on down there. So stick with us through the break. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. All right. Gearheads, we are excited because we've got Sean Walker from Haggerty Insurance in the studio again, and our favorite sponsor. And Sean, you guys, we've been so excited to have this this relationship with you guys. But before we go into, uh, you know, all the things we're talking about, the event we do at the brewery, at Sellers Brewery, and everything, I just want to make sure everybody knows what kind of insurance I'm sitting and looking on the website because everybody knows you guys as classic car insurance, but right. y'all do a ton more.
6: Yeah, we'll do um, anything all the way up to 2018, for instance. Last night, I know you guys have been talking about. About McLaren a little bit today. Um, last night I was at a McLaren party. So uh, you know, if you like going out to the track, your McLaren, your Ferrari, um, running around in your Porsche, whatever you're, whatever you're driving, if it's fun and you're collecting it, we're there? McLaren party? Uh, I didn't. I don't. I looked my phone. I didn't see the I didn't invite miss it. text. <laughs> I don't remember seeing. I thought them. I was going to see you there. I just. I was. <laughs> I was disappointed when I didn't see you guys. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but also, I know you guys do, motors- I'm looking down the list, and I see a classic truck and SUV, collector motorcycle, track day, motorsports insurance. I have to pause there and talk. We've touched on yeah, this. Yeah, we've but-
6: touched on that a few times. Um, you know, there's only a few folks out there that do high-performance driving education events or track day events uh, as a standalone policy, and we're one of them. Um, so if you're going out to Dakota or wherever you may be going in the country to drive your car, you're going out to a, an HPDE event specifically, we can cover you for that, one. Two or three day event. Yeah, I'm running down the list. Historic miracle, uh, military vehicles. I know you said you do tanks. Yeah, I've done I've done a few tanks
3: <laughs> in my day. <laughs> That's that is the coolest thing. I have to leave the office. I'm going to do a little collateral or, or a little uh, inspection, and you go out and and do you get to you know get inside of it? Have you ever been inside of a tank?
6: I've yeah, I've definitely been oh, in a few tanks, a few APCs. <laughs> it's really hard to sell insurance to a guy with a tank though, <laughs> because he's typically like, what's going to happen? Is He's going to hail on the tank or
4: he got in a wreck.
3: Well, what happened? <laughs> I no. want you to okay. dent it
6: seriously. What do you
4: insure a tank for? <laughs> <laughs> That's has <laughs> a question we get a lot. Against what? <laughs> Against
6: um anything that may happen. Nuclear to attack.
4: You going to insure
6: your assets? Yeah, so yeah. yeah sure I'm,
4: I'm just thinking. Okay, there there are you know some legitimate tank commanders and drivers. Yeah. but. Uh, somebody crashed in my tank. Really?
6: <laughs> I think it's more of a theft, maybe a theft issue. Um, so okay, theft. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe you left the keys in it or whatnot. I'd like to hear that 911 call.
3: Uh, my tank got stolen. Excuse me, what type of tank? We're talking gas tank? Uh, it's, a no. Sherman. it's a Sherman. It's a Sherman. It's a Sherman, tank. a Sherman
6: tank, and it's going down Main Street right now. <laughs> Um, You know, as far as our array of insurance products, you know, we'll do anything from that single submission one car, Camaro, VW Bug, or, you know, Aston Martin, whatever you have. And then we go all the way up to the big, big, big stuff. The big $30 million, $40 million collections. Um, Those are really fun because you get to go see an awesome garage full of amazing cars. A lot of the time you get one-offs in there as well. Yeah. So as a gearhead walking into one of those, is pretty pretty intense. cool.
3: I got one, we're almost done here, but I got a quick question. What about if you were to modify your car i, I know that th- those are more like warranty things you think of but but any issue with that if you want to bolt on a supercharger or anything like that it doesn't really affect anything with you guys or how does that look
6: you know we want to make sure that you know how to drive a car that has so much horsepower so if you're bolting on something to it that's going to increase your horsepower exponentially we may ask you you know what's your experience in cars like these before um but we are one of the only guys out there that'll even look at them
3: wow um, a common sense approach to looking at insurance that's
4: crazy
6: huh? right. i'm <laughs> yeah, not sure is that
4: allowed
3: in the yeah, industry? No, it's,
6: Foreign.
4: well sean walker haggerty insurance thank you for being on I the show i gotta ask wait a minute he told us about drive share last time and now he brings up a tank is the tank in drive share i wouldn't think so <laughs>
6: <laughs> i don't think it qualifies for drive share that is brilliant
4: all right sean thanks for coming on the show we'll talk to you soon absolutely thank you
1: roger hayden factory Yoshimura suzuki this is speed city
2: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
3: All right, where we went to the break, we were talking about Fernando Alonso headed to and in the Indy 500 again. We we're right here in Austin, Texas. Those tickets for uh, for IndyCar are coming to Austin, They're coming on. You know, I think you start buying them next week sometime. I think, but but uh, but this is a big story because obviously it's a big story because it's Fernando Alonso coming to the Indy 500. But it's not the same as last year. And, Jonathan, you've been looking into this and talking to folks. Uh, talk about the difference, I mean, because this is not the same effort as we, as we saw Alonso in 2017.
0: No, if you remember last year, uh, Fernando was an add-on for the month of May um, to Michael Andretti's team. And, you know, I spoke to Michael Andretti at Cota um, about Alonso and um you know, he was there at Coda trying to sort something out, and I think now we know what he was sorting out, which was McLaren do have an intention to run Indy full-time in the future, but because of the mire they're in, they need to sort out problem number one, which is their Formula One team first. Zach Brown is an American and very close to Indy. Alonso wants one thing, which is the Triple Crown, and he's halfway there or two-thirds of the way there. Um, And now... um, you know, he wants to win the 500. He led 39 laps last time out, uh, but that was as an add-on in a Honda engine with uh, the Android team. Now, in the report that I read, they're saying that they're expecting the McLaren entry to be with McLaren staff, not Andretti staff, and with a Chevrolet engine, which will make things interesting. So, in other words, they're going to get a, uh, they're going to be part of the Andretti team, but they're going to be doing a different engine than the rest of Alexander Rossi and the Honda and so on and so forth. So, that makes it really interesting because I've never seen a team enter the 500 with effectively two different engine manufacturers because that's that's I don't know it's uh, it's it's just something that's unprecedented.
3: Yeah, it's totally I, I I agree. I haven't said that and yeah, and I saw the the one of the articles you're talking about probably where they're saying basically it's a it's an entirely separate team will be created to to run the company's Indy 500 entry with Alonso so uh, in 19. So yeah, I I agree and. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. We talk about, okay, he's going to win. He's he's doing this to win the Triple Crown. But what do you think the odds actually are of him winning the Indy 500? You know, I mean, look, there's there's so many variables, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the odds are very good um, because he'll have the expertise and knowledge uh, of the Andretti team, but he'll also have some good people around him. There's plenty of people who can run an Indy an IndyCar thing, but then again, the Indy 500 is a lottery. I mean, look at uh, look at Ed Carpenter. I mean, he's come so close so many times, been pole position, uh, and he's yet to win it. Um, you know, and then you have Rossi, who wins it first time out almost. And so, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's a really tough one to set, to predict, anyway. But yeah, I think uh, I think he'll win it if not this year, in the next three.
3: I guess so. You give him three chances, and you know, especially you know this. They are if they're going to do all this, all this new from the ground up. I say ground up, but if they're going to do a lot of new team, it's they're going to take some learning curve. And,
4: exactly, and it may take two or three years. And that's where I feel it. I, I hedge on a, agreeing with that's the right approach. I like the idea that McLaren is putting in their own resources, but I wonder how many of those are going to come in with a modern IndyCar experience. To understand some of the things about specifically about the 500, the Inter- Indy Motor Speedway, it's quite a different track than uh, certainly they've been running on. If they if they don't bring somebody from the Indy world into the McLaren team, yeah, good point.
0: Yeah, yeah, left open the question of whether he'll have a teammate, and I think that's. Um A serious point, which is why I brought up Hartley, because I think he would be a good guy to have both at the 500 and maybe as your first, you know, uh, runner. You know, Indy's one of those things that you're going to run a small... You know, you can maybe run six races or road courses or whatever, and maybe that's what uh, is the thinking with a view to coming in as a full team. And I know that there's no question in my mind that Zach Brown is determined to run an IndyCar McLaren team uh, as they did back back in the day.
3: Yeah, that's uh, it's. You know, I think that that there's no doubt that these that they're obviously an incredibly big organization. Yeah, I think that they're 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 trying not to be distracting distracted to the F1 side too, but they're going to throw up some smart engineers and it's going to be some. Uh, they're, they'll, obviously, they'll do well. But well, what do you think about that side of it, though, John? Then you think there's going to be a distraction to the F1? I mean, the F1 side. There's already enough uh, people screaming and yelling that McLaren's not doing well enough in F1. But what about take take some of the resources and point them to Indy?
0: Well. Wow. Uh, I mean, it is a very different thing, which is why if they're not going if they're not going to just add on to the Andretti team, they need to start building. And and Les is right; they need to they need to have engineers um, that that have, that have got experience in Indy from Penske or Andretti or. Or up and coming, maybe um, that have been working with Carlin or, or whoever, because um, it's it's not the sort of thing you do lightly, um, and the 500 is a tricky game for sure.
3: Yeah, it's not the not your same old F1 race, and uh, the yeah. the enormous the enormity of that thing too. It's you know w- the worst thing that could happen is that McLaren do poorly. They've got they've taken so much grief for not doing well recently in F one. It would be a it would be a pretty big PR debacle if they did not do well at Indy at the Indy five hundred.
0: Well, they couldn't do any worse than they are in Formula One.
3: <laughs> Ooh, tell it like it is, baby.
0: Well, it's true. I mean, well, for a team that I mean, you know, we talk about Williams falling off the falling off of off the planet. Well, McLaren, you know, at one point McLaren Mercedes probably had the biggest budget in Formula One. Um So, you know, back when Hamilton and Alonso were teaming up, think about their salaries, think about the amount of people working at Woking, the new facility at Woking. Um, I would have said that they were probably the biggest team in Formula One. Uh, And now they can't even, I mean, honestly, they can't even compete.
3: Yeah, it's not, it's sad. And, you know, it's true. McLaren, one of those names that you want to see do well. But let me read this quote from... from Alonzo. He said, I made it clear for some time that my desire to achieve the Triple Crown, I've had an ex- I had an incredible experience in Indy in 2017, and I knew in my heart of hearts that I had to go back for the opportunity was there. I'm especially glad to be returning with McLaren. There's always, they this was always my first choice if the team decided to do it, so I'm glad they decided to go ahead. So, yeah, alluding to the fact that it could be other teams.
0: Yeah, and by the way, a couple of things you should factor in. Um, I sat down with Zach Brown uh, and a certain Gilles de Ferrin, who is the team principal of McLaren currently, um, who, of course, has all the experience of running both the team and was there running Alonso last year. So you may well, well, I I can almost guarantee Gilles de Ferran will be there for, for the Indy 500, but he may well want to come back and instead of continuing as team principal of McLaren, um, become the new McLaren IndyCar boss. Maybe that was the intention all along when he joined McLaren.
4: Yeah, very true. Interesting, yeah. interesting.
3: You know, uh, uh, going back to 2017, Alonso had he had a huge success, guys. How many laps he lead? I think it was 27 yeah. laps. He had quite a bit. So th- th- that was huge.
0: And well, and the story was the Honda engine conked out, so it was the. Same story as he had in Formula 1, which was the engine went when, you know, when he was leading the race. So, um, you know, and of course, he was slagging off Honda for underperforming in Formula 1 uh, and then had nothing to, you know, and then, of course, Honda didn't finish or set, and In fact, three Hondas went out last year as well as Alonso. So, um, I think that's a reason why perhaps Honda aren't backing him in his vision to win the 500 because yeah. he's uh, he's pretty much <laughs> put his name out of uh, favor with them.
3: All right, so I could agree. here's another factor. How old is Alonzo? He's 37. 34. I think he's 37, I just read. So if he's 37 years okay. old, I mean, if he doesn't get it done in the first year or two— and I wonder what the oldest. I wonder who the oldest person to ever win an IndyCar race race is. Let's see. I'll give y'all one name, one guess. Tony Kanon. No,
4: no, much. No, more. I'm, I'm thinking AJ further back.
3: AJ. How about, how about Mario Andretti? Oh, Papa Mario. 53 years old. There's still hope for us, guys. It's Mario Andretti. 53 years old in 34 days. So, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to take that. I'll leave that factor off the table with Alonzo for a few more years. But, yeah. Yeah, this I, is, don't,
0: I don't think it's any problem for him to, to do the 500.
4: Yeah. I'd like that.
0: I, I reckon he'll do all sorts. He might even do NASCAR. You know, you watch that.
4: <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, I tell you, you know uh, who was it? Roman Grosjean that took one of the NASCAR uh, cars out and said how heavy they were, and that, that should be interesting. Did he? Did he immediately start smashing into stuff? And, yeah, yeah,
3: And say, "This is fun. I love this." I think let's get well, Max you know, Scott, in a NASCAR. Scott, Scott Dixon says he he wants to try an Xfinity race. Yeah, why not? I love it when drivers crossover. You know, it's it, the the competition between the uh, between the sports has between the series is definitely. Changed a little bit, where it's a little more, um, a little more tolerable. But hey, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And you are listening to Speed City Live in Austin. If you want to call and join the conversation, it's five one two six four three live. Back after these messages.
4: The Austin East KOA Campground. Just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin
2: East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com.
5: Hey beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas, does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery.
2: Lone Star Rallycross, a family-friendly, time-trial, loose-surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rallycross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak hill climb winner, Breanne Corn and her brother, Kevin Corn, Race the same car you drive to work on Monday, just 20 minutes from Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rallycross facility. Online at LoneStarRallycross.com. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app.
0: Hello,
5: I'm Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City.
2: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
3: All right, welcome back to the show. If you want to call and join the conversation, 512 643 5483. We got a caller on the line. We got a familiar voice, Larry the truck driver. Larry, how's it going, man? Where are you?
7: I'm in Idaho today, headed to Washington State for tomorrow morning.
3: You got a load of potatoes headed that direction?
7: No, sir, I've got uh, store goods for a hardware chain. No potatoes, actually. Maybe they'll send me to Idaho and pick up some spuds. I've done it before, but I'm thinking I'm going over there to Idaho when I get empty tomorrow and pick up paper,
4: but I'll find that out of a morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always not- fun to hear what Larry's got going
3: on. we got to ask, start asking him what he's hauling, though. Uh, one, yeah. one of these days he's going to be hauling you know, something cool. Something cool, car <laughs> parts, superchargers. i got a load of superchargers in the back. <laughs> hey, what do nah, you think? of that? <laughs>
7: I had that stuff when I drove out of Wisconsin. I used to take turbocharger housings from Carolina to Wisconsin.
3: And oh, now we're I talking.
7: out of bog Warner, yeah, when I drove to Wisconsin <laughs> back
3: in the day. Well, what would you think of the race today, Larry?
7: Oh, my goodness. I got to go back to Saturday and the heroic Q2 of LeClaire. Yeah. It's a- the eighth and bump Magnuson out. He's getting the prime seed at Ferrari, and he is going to push Vettel so hard next year, Vettel's not going to know what to do. And the heroics of their stopping. oh, my goodness. And Jenny hit, you know, like he did the best favor O'Cone could have done for Mercedes to spin for stopping out of the lead. My goodness. <laughs> That's going to be quite the battle next year when they've got if They really do have higher horsepower from Honda over Renault. Mercedes and Ferrari, look out. Red Bull's on the margin. They're coming hard. Oh, and now all the overtaking! Oh my goodness, that's the stuff, it really is.
3: Oh man, I know it. It was a great race today. You're absolutely right, and you know what, man? I think you're right about. I think I think Leclerc is going to have have uh, Sebastian Vettel sitting in the corner crying. I swear. I just think Vettel has he's on he's so on the back foot, and with the way Leclerc is going, that he is. I mean, it, it would it would not surprise me at all if by at some point the season you're looking at Leclerc as like lead driver. I know that's a that's a bold prediction, but I think it could happen.
7: Well, I absolutely agree with you being him being an elite driver. You look at what Hamilton did in the mid-season winning races. He had no business winning. The ability to dig deeper and pull laps at the end of the qualifying sessions, to take goals. he has the ability to step outside the normal envelope of performance of the car and drag it farther up the grid than he had any business dragging that car. And Leclerc showed that with the Sauber at the end of Q2 with that damp racetrack and no, not even intermediate tires for, the, for any kind of dampness and jump up to 8th with that Sauber and Ferrari horsepower. Good sakes, that's the stuff that, that's why he could very well be at the end of next year the number one driver. Ferrari he is destined for the front of the grid I've said it before and I just said it again it's true he's destined for the front of the grid you give him a car capable of getting there he'll get there with it and farther than that. he served notice especially with that Sauber oh my goodness to drag that thing into eight to get the Q3 my goodness oh my goodness he's he's destined there but I did want to talk about McLaren's Indy effort. Are they going to be required to run the same Dallara tub that the Indy guys are required to run? And are they going to make their own engines since they build engines for the streetcars? Because Honda's certainly not going to supply them. And I don't know that they'd want a Chevrolet. Yeah, well, I, That's what really are uh, the big questions for me. I'm really excited to see them come to the IndyCar. I'd never consider Gilda Ferrand stepping over back into the milieu that he's used to. I'd never even considered consider that. I thought it was an excellent observation but I really want to see what the final effort's going to look like what's the power plant going to look like all of that because they've built so many great engines for their race cars you know there's their street cars, their tt3 efforts and things I, I could see them having an entire mcLaren entry that would be nice It's going to be yeah. really exciting next year to see what Alonzo does. Because in two thousand and seventeen, Mario was just gushing over alonso 's ability to get immediately on the racing line because of the very the very experience that he 's had in his career between the sports cars and the and, and the f one and the variety of tracks and the number of teams he 's driven for. People think oval racing is this hard discipline. Nigel Mansell smoked him when he came over as, uh, as the world's champion. It did excellent. It
3: did ovals. It's not yeah. rocket science, folks. Hey, so, so, so Larry, Jonathan, Larry covered most of it there, but he had a couple, <laughs> couple questions for you. Uh, what you know? You think I love it,
0: Larry. Hi, <laughs> right, Larry. Keep keep on calling in, man. You're on the top. You're on top of it. I'll tell you I one do- thing that I, have, I, I, I I tell you one thing you have brought up. Mark Miles uh, from Indy, the guy that runs Indy, has said in quotes that there should be an, a new OEM, a new engine manufacturer, Ooh. a third manufacturer, coming in with Chevrolet and Honda in the next three years. Perhaps McLaren is hoping to maybe either, like you say, develop their own engine or be the purveyor of the new Toyota stroke, the new Mercedes, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's a good one. Let's put that out on the social social media.
3: Oh, that is a really good thought. That's a good thought, Larry. You've you've sparked the the conversation a little bit. That that would be really interesting. And you know that you know they obviously they got the the technology to do it. Yeah, but
7: Toyota has not had open wheel success, and they've shunned all open wheel because they didn't have any success. They had no success in F1, and they abandoned IndyCar. I don't see Toyota, but McLaren, most certainly, because the engines really are pretty primitive for for an IndyCar. They're pretty basic engines, really. It's, it shouldn't be rocket science from McLaren the way they build they, the way they build engines for their street cars to then start supplying Indian, challenging directly Honda and challenging Chevrolet directly because they I, I could see them as an alternative to Corvette.
0: <laughs> Ooh, now we're getting into it. <laughs>
3: That's true. It's true. <laughs> Well, Larry, I appreciate it. We're going to let you run. Uh, i got, I got to ask Jonathan about uh, his upcoming travels down to Macau. He's going to go down there and see a famous name, uh, Schumacher, and some others. So, Larry, thanks for calling in, buddy. I appreciate you listening, and uh, stay safe out there on the highways and byways.
7: I'll do it, and if I could ask one more question, is he going to cover the uh, test in Bahrain for the car swap? Is he going to cover that as well?
3: I don't know. Jonathan, are you going to go to Bahrain too, buddy?
0: Larry, if you if you if you want to pay, I'll go <laughs> because I do want to see Jimmy Johnson in Alonzo's car for sure. But no, I'm not planning on it because it's only a day. I don't know what, what what's it, what's it, what are they going to say? It's only a car swap. If they were doing it for anything longer, I think it would have to be worthwhile. But I, no, I don't fancy Bahrain right now. My car's good enough. I'll come back. And, well, appreciate you. So love the show. All
3: right, <laughs> thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Talk to you soon. All right, Jonathan, Macau is the next stop on your agenda. Let's talk about what's going to happen down there. You got Schumacher name. Uh, It's going to be cool.
0: I love the way the fact that our audience is now directing me around the world.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, if he can find you a sponsor, maybe uh, one of those, uh, whoever he's hauling in the back of that truck, will give you a sponsor. You send you to buy rain.
0: I have to say, I, I did think about it, and I must admit, I was like, well, you know, I'm not that far away, and Jimmy <laughs> Johnson's my hero. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, that would be kind of cool. No, and you know why I mentioned Toyota? Just because they're the only man that, well, the biggest manufacturer of uh, of cars, of course, or at least uh, sales uh, in America. Right. And they're already involved in NASCAR. So they've got, you know, they've got a big footprint here. But I like Al Larry's idea. He's absolutely right. If McLaren are going to grow, um, you know, um, Formula One, you know, could take a back seat. They're trying to grow heavily. They're pushing heavily with their McLaren sports car here in the States, and they're making some good inroads. Um, As you know, um, as car heads yourself, uh, that McLaren, uh, you know, they've been building cars now for, what, over a decade? Um, And they started slowly, but they can't get enough parts to keep the the McLaren owners who are racing the 650s and so on in GT racing uh, going. So they're making good, good cars now that are now absolutely uh, competing against Lamborghini and Ferrari for that market.
3: Yeah, it's true. In fact, when Larry was saying that, I was thinking, you know, McLaren's road car engines are pretty... Pretty yeah. high tech, so the technology for them shouldn't be too big a stretch.
4: Yeah, I think the I think McLaren could be that other manufacturer coming in. Uh, That'd be know, awesome. I'd still like to see Ford. Quite honestly, I'd like yeah. to see Ford come back to the grid.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, McLaren would be cool, but the Ford Ford uh, would be the natural name. But hey, Jonathan, we just got a couple minutes left. Talk about Macau, buddy.
0: Well, uh, I am going to see Schumacher, and this one is called Mick. Schumacher. He's 19 years of age. He raced Macau last year. He's just annihilated the competition in Formula 3 as Lando Norris did the year before him. And uh, Lando Norris, of course, is now new. He's going to is be in the McLaren next year. Uh, and so Mick Schumacher is on the way up. And what's interesting about this is that obviously he has been given the silver spoon in one way because of the name, but he's also got Willie Webber. Remember that name? Yeah. As his manager. Michael's manager, he's also got, um, um, I forget her name for a second, but Michael's press officer from Ferrari in the day, and she too looks after him. So he is already building up a very strong team. He's just 19, he got the fastest lap last time out at Macau, on the last lap last year when that crazy race between Dan Tictum and... um, uh, Hapsburg, when it all ended in a crash. Um, but he was like seventh or eighth, but he was the fastest lap. I remember looking at the sheets afterwards and smiling and thinking, aha. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, t- Dan's coming back this this year, too, uh, this weekend, too. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Callum Illett, uh, or Illett, whichever you prefer, um, who was in the Toyota Racing Series a couple of years ago, he's going to be one of the favorites. Schumacher's going to be one of the favorites. And it's going to be a really good weekend. It's the World Cup of GTs. Mayhem will ensue.
3: <laughs> I knew you were going to drop in a mayhem.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Mayhem! <laughs> Um, so look it up on YouTube if you want to get ready for that. We've got the touring cars. There'll be the Chinese TCR. There'll be all sorts of fun, fun to be had. It's the 65th anniversary of um, the Macau Grand Prix, and it continues to go from strength to strength now as part of the FIA World Cup. So this will be my, I think, 24th year in a row. Not bad.
3: Not bad. Well, this is if you don't know the Macau Grumper, you got to look it up. It's with so many huge names have come through there. And from what I've seen of Mick Schumacher, and uh, not only is he talented, but he's really mature and smart guy, smart kid. So this will be fun to watch. Well, Jonathan, uh, I know you were traveling today. We had uh, getting your phone line to, to Skype to whatever we got you through, buddy. I appreciate it. And uh, of course, we'll see you back here in Austin in a couple of weeks. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. You can see all of our radio show times and interviews and uh, links to our SoundCloud and everything else. But we thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week.
4: Ciao, y'all.